Hey, good morning, Purpose Church fam. My name is Eric Vasquez, and I'm a part of the group's ministry team here at Purpose Church. And I am so stoked to be here this morning uh, to be able to share the word of God with you all. I'm gonna be reading out of the book of Colossians chapter three, and we're gonna be diving into verses one through 17. So grab your Bibles and let's get ready to jump right in. I'm gonna be preaching out of the topic, Jesus is greater than the old self. And I want to jump right in, starting in verse 1. The word of the Lord says this. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. May the Lord bless his word this morning. Check it out, man. A few days ago, I had a chance and an opportunity to catch up with a good friend of mine. He's actually an older friend of mine, a buddy that I've known through my family for many years. He's a a veteran, and he has many, many, many war stories. Uh, He actually was sharing with me this book that was filled with short stories of war. And there was one excerpt that really caught my attention. It was titled, The Unknown Soldier. And when I read that, it just caught my attention. I want to share it with you this morning. Check it out. The unknown soldier said this. It was the peak of the battle, the middle of the night, and many of our men were killed by our enemy. I knew that I was one of only a few that were left. And as my enemy was advancing, I knew then my life was in grave danger. I needed to find a place to remain hidden so that I would survive the night. With my last bit of strength, I searched the earth for a hiding place, and I found a hole in the ground that was concealed. It was a bunker-like type hole, and it was evident that someone else had been here before me. I decided that this would be my hiding place. When I nestled in the darkness, the bunker kept my eyes, kept me from the eyes of my enemy, and it covered me from the natural elements. I was so cold and it was windy and my body was frail as I had not eaten or drank in days. To my surprise, whoever previously hid in this place left behind a canteen of water and there were also pieces of bread wrapped up in a cloth. I immediately ate and drank and oh, what a relief it was to enjoy some sustenance. My hiding place was located on a hill, a high point, where I was able to see both the valley below and the mountain above. And now that I was able to see above, I knew this was my desired uh, destination. I knew that if I reached high ground, I would have a chance to survive and be rescued. I was so fatigued at this point that my body collapsed and I fell asleep against my own will. Waking up, to my surprise, I was now safe as the battle had moved further south beyond my location. I was able to now advance without peril and I successfully made it to the location above. I was intercepted by my troops, and I was eventually airlifted out to safety. And as I laid down my head on the helicopter floor, I took a deep breath and had a moment of peace. Man, when I read that story, it it captured me, and it reminded me of the passage in Colossians chapter 3 that I just read. Uh, As believers uh, in Christ, we find our hiding place in Christ. He is our bunker and in him, we are safe from the perils of the spiritual war that wages against our souls. And we are safe from the advances of the enemy that threatens our Christian identities. 
and we are nourished and protected from the elements of this broken world and we can rest in him, our hiding place. And from there, we are able to see things in this world completely different from the culture and those that are around us. And this ability leads us to live a life of freedom and peace. Purpose Church today, this morning, our main idea is simply this, that when we hide our lives in Christ, he changes our earthly perspective, moves us away from our old selves and moves us towards heavenly transformation and Christian identity. I wanna encourage you this morning. I wanna invite you to hide your identities in Christ. As Paul was reminding the Colossians, I too wanna remind you this morning that you are made new in him. You are no longer the same person you once were, amen? You've been given a new way of life that Jesus' death and resurrection has opened up for you. You see, at this time, in this context, the Colossians were having a, a bit of an identity crisis that was due to the pressures of the culture at the time. They were battling the pressure to turn away from Jesus and turn back towards polytheism. They were battling the pressure to observe the law of the Torah to the T. And for Paul, the writer of Colossians, to give in to either one of these temptations would be a great compromise, a failure to grasp who Jesus really is and what he accomplished on their behalf. And to be honest, fam, the truth is that our modern day church is in the midst of an identity crisis. We have lost our relevancy and our influence in this world. We have fallen victim to the pressures of the culture around us and we have created idols that we worship. And we have at times even abandoned the mission to make disciples, but we've gotten really great at producing dope Sunday services, right? <laughs> we've sometimes become so inward focused and sometimes we've even communicated a type of Christian life that is bogged down in legalism and traditionalism. And thus we have ensnared ourselves from being able to live free in Christ and with heavenly perspectives. I can hear Paul saying to the Colossians as he did to the church in Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, he would probably say, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Church, now that we find our identities in Christ's death and resurrection, we come to know who we really are in Christ. Uh, this last week, I had a chance to kick it with this young lady. Her name is Kate, and I've known her since she was a middle schooler. Uh, from age, five, uh, age 15 to 20, Kate has been struggling through a methamphetamine addiction. Her older sister turned her on to it, and she fell into this addiction. And it ravaged her life. It has taken her to rock bottom. And she recently moved back to Pomona and she hit me up and said, can we spend time together because you've been such a positive influence in my life? I said, absolutely, man. Let's come out. Let's chill. Let's catch up. And as we were talking, man, she was crying and she was broken and she was sharing how she was without purpose. Her life didn't have any value. And she, was, she literally shrieked out like, I don't even know who I am. And this morning... I, as I told Kate, I want to remind you all the core of our identities. I told Kate that she was the reason why Jesus gave himself freely on that cross to die a criminal's death. His love for, for her and for us drove him to be beaten and nailed, although innocent. 
His blood that was shed made a way for our forgiveness and our reconciliation to our heavenly father. His resurrection brought us a newness of life and it adopted us into the family of God. And his sacrificial act and gift removed from us guilt and shame and offered to us mercy and grace and eternal life. So who are we then? What makes up our identities? Purpose Church, I pray that you lean into this this morning. I pray that if, if you're watching this, listening to this, if you've had a rough week, if you feel like you've just failed and dropped the ball, I want you to remember who you are. We are the forgiven and the reconciled. We are sons and daughters of the most high God. We are beloved children who have been adopted. We are made new in Christ. We are new creatures, no longer the same people. We are free. And in our freedom, we yield our lives to our heavenly father. We are residents of heaven, amen? Not P-Town, right? We're residents of heaven and we will be with him in eternity. And now as we have learned to hide our identities in Christ, we can live a resurrected life where everything changes. One of my favorite hip hop songs by Braille is called Change Hearts, right? When we lean our identities in Christ, we live a resurrected life and now everything changes. And now we are able to seek things that are above. You see, the apostle Paul had to remind the Colossians of who they were. And then he started talking about, all right, now the the practical living, the overflow of that identity now allows you to seek things that are above. What does he mean by this? He means it's now time for us as we lean into our identities to move away from a worldly mindset that we would no longer be concerned with trivial passing things of this earth, that we should have a, a whole new set of pursuits And Jesus spoke of this. He hit it on the head, man. Um, He talks about it in Matthew chapter six, verse 19 through 21. He says this, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermins destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. You know, Jesus, I love that he's such a relatable savior, right? He knew very well that in order to seek things that are above, it would be an issue of the heart. He knew that our hearts must be detached from earthly things and earthly treasures, and they must be attached to heavenly things and heavenly treasures, and it must be attached to Christ. When God gets a hold of us, there's a a heart change that occurs in the life of a believer. And this is a miraculous work of God that only he can do. So now we are able to hide our hearts in Christ and we are able to find our treasure in him. And in doing so, when we're able to figure out how to put this together, right, with the help of the Holy Spirit, we are now able to care about what he cares about. I started to kind of pause and and think about this, right? In order to seek things that are above, my heart has to be hidden in Christ. And now I'm going to take on the cares, the the compassion of Christ. And I started thinking about, well, what does that mean in modern day in my city, in my hood of P-Town? That means that I'm now gonna care for the poor 
and for the needy. I mean, when I walk up to church here every day, it never fails that I pass a homeless person. In my work, I work with youth and young adults. It never fails that when I do a home visit, I'm always struck at the poverty of our families. What does it mean to care about what he cares about? God cares about the prisoner, the incarcerated youth and young adults who are in prison, the adults who are, who are down and putting time in, extended time. Maybe they even have life. Why is this important to God? They are equally as loved and valued. And these people are suffering in carceral care. They are in isolation without community and without friendship. We care about those people because God cares about those people. As we hide our heart in Christ, we then take on the heart of Christ. And our hearts are also broken for what breaks his. And what breaks God's heart? The the condition of the orphan and the widow. How does that roll out practically today? That's the foster youth. There are thousands upon thousands of youth in foster care. And even as I say that, I get pictures of faces of beautiful children who I've had the privilege of walking with and they bounce from from, um, home placement to placement. They're back in incarceration. Then they go to placement, level 14 placement and back in normal placement. And there's such a high level of transiency yet we stay committed to them and we stay loving them and supporting them. And as they go through their seasons of suffering and success, we remain consistent in their life and we have a presence there. And single moms and pops, the fatherless, these people are one man down or one woman down and they're barely limping their way through life, making ends meet. What about those who are being sex trafficked? The most vulnerable out here. I mean, again, we can walk right across the street and we see it in our faces What are we doing about that? And the last thing, what about our children who lack access to educational opportunities and to the most basic things that children deserve? When we hide our hearts and our identities in Christ, he transforms those hearts to now understand that we want to place our treasures in the things that are above. We start thinking eternally, not temporally anymore. And our devotion remains in things of heaven, not in things of this world. You see, out of the heart comes our desires and our ambitions. Uh, I I work with a lot of dynamic, amazing, charismatic young people. There's this one youngster. I'm going to shout him out by name. Shout out to you, Jefferson, my boy. He's in my rooted group, all right? And this cat, I haven't met somebody this ambitious in a minute. You know, I see a little bit of myself in him, man. (laughs) Nah, just like... But this cat, like, I mean, he is brilliant. He has big vision. This dude has big dreams. And the other day we were chopping it up and we were talking about like this idea of poverty and and how it's a global issue. And, And we were talking about, dang, it's hard to believe in a God. You know, it's hard to believe that God is good, even in the midst of this global suffering. And, and how can we, you know, understand our purpose and meaning and how are we to have influence in this world, right? So we started talking about how desire and ambition lays in the heart. And sometimes, right, you can discover where your desires are and where your ambitions are by checking two things. And he told me this, he quoted somebody that uh, he really got captured by, right? He said, let me check your schedule out and let me check out your bank account. 
And I was like, dang, that's so true, bro. I started pulling out my phone. I'm like, let me check my schedule. You know, who am I meeting with today, bro? <laughs> Hopefully it's somebody that God cares about, right? Let me check out my, my bank statement. Let me see where all my cash is going. Wingstop, uh, Carl's Jr., Patty, that's my wife. She's grubbing out all the time, right? Like I was struck by that, and, but it was so true. And, and I realized, man, not only do I want to hide my heart in God, but I want to hide my ambition in Christ. I want to take the example of this young man, Jefferson, and all the ambition and vision that's in his heart. And I want to see how God is, is using him and empowering him and opening up doors for him to have influence in this world so that he can take that strong desire to achieve something typically that requires a large amount of determination and hard work and that he would have a heavenly spin and a heavenly dose connected to that ambition. You know, when I was 16 years old, my life was radically changed uh, by God. I, I was a broken young man before that with a massive father wound who had endured significant trauma and I was jacked up, man. Uh, and, and what happened was God met me in a special way and from 16 to 19, I devoted myself to the scriptures. I began to hunger and thirst for righteousness. I committed to the gathering of the saints and I devoted my life to service. And in those three years, God was, he was shaping me and teaching me many things. At 19, I was called and, and a miraculous thing happened in my life where I ended up landing in Pomona. I moved my family here because I felt that God was calling us here. And since then, when we've moved here, since I was 19, I've looked and I, I, I've seen that across our community, there was such a great struggle of young people in our city. God moved my heart towards an effort that has not been easy, but this ambition wants leverage for the kingdom and for the gospel and, and for other people. I started to see God do miraculous work in and through me. And that labor has yielded fruits in the lives of thousands of thousands of young people. I lead an organization called Justice for Youth. And it's a mentoring and restorative justice organization that, that kind of focuses with those two things. And we have a series of programs that cares for thousands of young people in the urban inner cities and rural communities that we serve. We serve at 37 out of the 41 schools in PUSD. We serve in Imperial County next to Tijuana. We serve in Barstow area, up in the high desert, San Bernardino County, into uh, District 1 of LA County, Azusa, La Puente, Baldwin Park, El Monte, doing gang intervention, mentoring, support, and holistic care to youth that are the forgotten and the throwaways. And we care for them all because by the power of the Holy Spirit, I was able to give my heart and give my desires and give my schedule and give my finances and give my ambition over to God. And I believe that God is asking you, Purpose Church, to do the same thing. I really feel in my spirit, man, that there's a prophetic word for our church that's telling us like, it's at this time, in this time, in this season, Kairos, in this opportune moment, that God is going to activate Purpose Church to be an influencer a culture shifter, a game changer in this community and beyond. So throughout this process where I was working and, and pouring my blood, sweat and tears into this organization that started Grassroots, we've now grown and developed. And throughout this process, God was not just changing my heart, but he was transforming my mind. 
And it was through the work and power of the Holy Spirit that I was now able to set my mind on things that are above. Not just my heart, but to set my mind on things that were above. And this is what Paul's asking the Colossians to do. In this process, in this sanctification, in this transformation that God does in us, we begin to take on the mind of Christ and we are transformed completely by the renewing of our mind. What does that mean? Do we live weird and do we live different? No, we live our lives normally, but now we see everything with an eternal perspective and mindset. So now we begin to think more about the temporality of this world in comparison to eternity. We begin to think about things like calling and mission and purpose and redemption and reconciliation and forgiveness. We think about things like the kingdom of God and how it's ever growing and expanding and how we can partner in that work. We think about sacrifice and love and service. And we think about giving rather than getting and forgiving rather than avenging. And this renewal that's happening in us allows us to hide our motives of the heart and thoughts of the mind in Christ. To hide our motives of the heart and thoughts of the mind in Christ. I love what the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah 55. He says this, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. I love this. And when you read it in context, you begin to understand that he was saying, I don't think like you. And the motive of my heart is not the same as your heart, especially when it comes to forgiveness. You see this prophetic message from Isaiah hit the heart of a people group of of Israel who were currently in captivity. And they had once again turned their back on God. And at this stage of their life, they had just kind of agreed that, you know what? We've gotten what we've deserved. We've been disobedient. We have not done what God has told us to do. And there's no way that God can forgive us. And then the beautiful message from the prophet Isaiah hits their ears and hits their hearts. He says, I don't think like you. My thoughts are much higher. I don't move like you. My ways are much higher and they're much better, especially when it comes to forgiveness. And why do I bring that up? Because as God was doing this work in my life and as I moved into the community of Pomona and I began to see the level of trauma and brokenness in this beautiful students' lives that I serve, and you're gonna get a chance to see some of them here, I had to change my mindset and change the condition of my heart because the world tells us that these children are worthless and that they're not gonna amount to anything and they're not gonna do anything with their life. The world throws them away and demonizes them and dehumanizes them and forgets about them. But because I now have set my mind on things above, what I see here are teachers and lawyers and preachers and missionaries. I I, I see people that are business owners and game changers and members of Purpose Church and HSM and JHM. And I see those people growing and seeing generational uh, bondages broken and where they're able to smash cycles of dysfunction. And I see God able to heal and change and transform them in the heart and in the mind. Here at Purpose Church, we have a value statement. It's one of my favorites that says, growing people 
change. And I want you to take that home and make that your statement. Growing people change as we purpose church, hide our lives in Christ. There are new rhythms that emerge in us as a result of our changed lives. And these are rhythms that keep our minds and keep our hearts focused on things that are above. And here at Purpose, we foster those changed rhythms through Rooted. And I wanna invite everybody that's watching and that's listening, I want you to consider getting Rooted. Here at Purpose Church, we have an amazing ministry, an amazing 10-week discipleship experience where we invite people into community for 10 weeks and they get to go through all kinds of experience with dope people that are not like them from different backgrounds. And we get to see the family of God and the uniqueness of people come together and make one group. And it happens online and it happens in person and there's even hybrid groups, right? And one of the things that we really push in Rooted is that this is here at Purpose, our discipleship expression. It's our way. It's kind of like our first step for new believers to help them to to root themselves in the faith and in Christ. It's our way also to, to jerk comfortable believers out of complacency and remind them of the basics of our faith that we might sometimes be disconnected from. It's a way for us to help believers cultivate rhythms that keep their lives vibrant and thriving in Christ. And it's our way here at Purpose to build the kingdom of God, to empower leaders to be facilitators and discipleship makers, disciple makers. And I want you to ask yourself this question, who are my disciples? Because our great commission is to go and make disciples. Who are you spending time with? reading the Bible together, praying together, talking about the things of God, thinking about the things of eternity. And who are you like rubbing shoulders with and and telling all your dirty business that's up in your closet that you don't tell nobody else? And who's chin checking you when you need to be chin checked, right? And who's loving you and praising you and celebrating you when you need to be celebrated? See, I believe what Paul is saying to the believers in in Colossae is to remember to hide themselves in community. I believe that Paul was encouraging the the Colossians to remember to hide themselves in a life of prayer and then to hide themselves in a life in the word. And I wanna break this down a little bit more. When we say hide yourself in community through Rooted, that's a 10-week commitment. You meet once a week, every week for 10 weeks. There's an intentionality to lean into community, to bump out of an isolation that will only help you to suffer. But when you move into community, you begin to heal when it's in Christian community. And when we talk about hiding our life in prayer in Rooted in week three, we do a dynamic prayer experience that changes the life of people who go in and yield their lives and listen to God. And then every week we have readings that move people to be filled with the word and that changes lives. On April 11th, we're gonna be hosting our Rooted Kickoff. We wanna encourage you to go online and register on our website and get connected. In our Rooted journey, we go through another experience called Strongholds Week. And it's a time for us to deal with the hurts, the habits and the hangups that are present in our life that need to go. And here, you know, in Colossians chapter three, verse five, Paul is beginning to exhort the Colossians to not just, you know, 
put on the mind of Christ, right? And not just set their minds on things above and seek things that are above. But now he's saying, put to death your earthly nature. Let's jump into the scripture again. He says this, put to death. Therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, he starts listing these things, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. He goes on to say in verse seven, you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Paul encourages the Colossians to die to these things daily. And it's kind of broken down into two categories, right? Two ways. He kind of breaks it down in verse five as a distorted sexuality that can become a stronghold. And then he goes into verse seven and eight, which is kind of categorized as destructive speech, which can become a stronghold. And in rooted in week five, we go through this process called strongholds week. And these sins that are listed here that we just read through, They give the enemy a stronghold in our lives. And it's in our willful indulgence in these sins of the flesh that kind of create a a chink in our armor, a kink in our armor. And Satan can exploit these sins in our lives. And he can try to force his way back into our lives through these ways, through these sins. Satan is an opportunist. He's looking for any crack, any foothold that we give him in our ignorance and in our self-pride. And Satan takes our natural desires in us and he supercharges them to create something beyond our own controls. He twists our weakness into a binding knot where he is holding the ropes himself. And it is not something that we can overcome on our own strength by trying really hard to be good. We just don't have the power to conquer these things. We must realize that these things are also usually kept in secret. And this secrecy continues to give Satan power. The shame and guilt associated with our strongholds keep them locked inside of us. And these secrets weigh down our souls and they become burdensome, piling onto us embarrassment, fear, judgment, despair, and much, much more. You know, you might be listening and it might resonate with you that, man, I I see myself falling back into these things and they have a stronghold in my life and it robs me of remembering who I am in Christ and it robs me of my purpose in my life. I don't feel that I'm valuable enough. I don't think that God can forgive me for these horrendous things and sins that we commit against him. So what Paul says is he says, man, what does it look like to seek things that are above, to set our minds on things that are above? He says, hide your lives in death. Get used to dying. Die to sin. Die to self. Die to flesh. Die to your lust. Die to evil desires. So we'll take it from Paul and we'll strip ourselves of certain things that have no place in the resurrected life of a believer. But we will find our freedom in honesty and confession, in surrender and in repentance and in accountability, which brings me to give a big shout out to two very special ministries, which are Celebrate Recovery and The Landing. Both of these ministries are so close to my heart. Post-rooted, after week five of Strongholds, we start talking to our people about the landing for middle school and high school age youth and even for children. And then we start talking to them, uh, the adults that come through about Celebrate Recovery. 
And we start saying, these are great next step ministries that gather every week with their forever family that gather to worship and celebrate God in the midst of our sufferings. We gather to pray the serenity prayer in unison together. We gather to celebrate the new life that Christ has afforded us. And we celebrate sobriety from our strongholds, hurts, habits, and hangups. And then we break into groups and we get real and we start taking off our masks and we confess to one another in small group. Trust me, guys, it works if you work it. A few years back, man, when I first hit on purpose, I started going to CR. And at that time, if I'm being real with you guys, man, I slipped up. I almost lost my marriage. I almost lost my family. I fell flat on my face. I, God was so gracious with me and kind of walked me through that season. But if it wasn't for Rooted, if it wasn't CR in that season of my, for CR in that season of my life, I don't know where I would be today. So just remember every Tuesday at 6.30 p.m., you can join the landing or CR and you'll find a forever family. I wanna encourage you guys to get connected. I find it interesting that after the apostle, talk, apostle Paul talks about in these last couple of verses, things that need to be put to death in us, he ends with verse 11 and he tells us that we are to hide our lives in justice and racial reconciliation. Look what he says here. He says, here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Paul is saying, put to death, hatred, bias, racism, those things should not exist in the life of a believer. He's saying, make sure you remember to hide yourself in justice and racial reconciliation. If you don't know after today, now you're gonna know that the, res the resurrected Messiah is creating a multi-ethnic family where racial barriers are destroyed and classes do not exist. There is an equality in the family of God among children of God, where value is ascribed to every person as we are all imago dei, made in the image and likeness of Christ. We are a Revelation 7 type fam where every tribe, tongue, and nation is represented. And if you didn't know, you probably heard this before, but in heaven, there's gonna be tacos de asada, there's gonna be meatloaf, there's gonna be pho, and many, many more types of food, right? It's all about what unifies us. It's not about what divides us. How do we take a heavenly population and heavenly mindset when it comes to uh, racial reconciliation and justice. And how do we bring that down and live in that kind of a world and peace where all people are loved and there is no hatred, there's no racism and no bias and no separation. I love our next um, value statement here at Purpose Church. We always say that found people find people. And if you're anything like me and you grew up in a, in a racist home and have extended family that have outcasted certain people groups, when God changed my life, I had to work through some of those things, man. I had to learn to love people that didn't look like me that I once hated for so long. And when I had to, when I, when I realized in humility that God had found me and he had now given me a mission to find others, I knew that much of that was gonna be people who did not look like me, think like me, move like me. 
And in Colossians chapter three, verse 12, the apostle Paul starts kind of talking about these things with the Colossians. He says this, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with these things. These things are gonna be required for us to find people and connect to people. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. I love what he keeps saying here. Uh, The next slide is the most important one in my book, in my heart. And over all these virtues, put on love. Love is the greatest of these, right? Which binds all of these together in perfect unity. So Purpose Church found people, find people. They put to death the sinful and earthly desires and they put on compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness. And above all these things, they put on love. They know that they must hide themselves in love, in a Christ type of a love. They are to hide themselves in a life with the poor and the broken. Because when you get called to find people, man, I'm telling you, God's going to call you to places that you wouldn't normally want to go. So you better buckle up for the journey. And what I want to share with you is I was not quite ready in the beginning, but God taught me along the way. I had the blessing of meeting this young man who you're about to see. His name is Christian Barrientos. Um, I met him when he was a sixth grader. And I watched as God has transformed his life. Um, At 16 years old, he fell into a serious addiction, drug addiction. And he went on until about 18 years old. And I just found out that he was overdosed at a hospital. I went there to see him. And then later that morning, he, he peaced out. He, he bounced from the hospital bed. And then his mother told me he was in a park. So I got one of my homies, one of my friends. I said, bro, let's go get Christian. We went to a local park here in Pomona. We found him. We strong-armed him. The Lord forgave me, okay? So we strong-armed him. I literally got him, muscled him into my car. We took him to Hellendale to a home, a rehabilitation home, Christ-centered. And this young man has since been sober, He went to Chicago to lead other rehabilitation home for men's. And then he landed in Dallas, Texas, where he has now met his wife. He's a youth pastor in the area, a hip hop artist who is Christ centered. And I and my family are flying out this coming Wednesday to go marry him and spend time with him on this very, very joyous occasion. So not just Christian, but many, many others I've been able to invest in their lives. And when I say the poor and the broken, I'm not saying it in a negative way. They're not projects to me. These people are family to me. Every Sunday at 1 p.m. at my home, we open it up and we welcome the community. And many of the beautiful young adults who you're seeing on the screen come and they hear the word of God and they break bread with us. We make tacos de asada. We make uh, burgers and hot dogs, man. Anything that we can do to bring these young people together, we have learned to hide our life with the broken and the poor. And in that process, I've grown and learned so much, but it's also a messy process, which is why the apostle Paul says in verse 13, he says, bear with each other and forgive one another. He says, if you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Man, let me tell you, some of these youngsters have burned me in big ways, man. I mean, I've shown them mad love and then bam, they cut my throat, you know? 
And it has been a hard lesson to learn to love them and to forgive them. But every time I have a difficult time forgiving, I always think about how the Lord forgave me when I was in my worst condition. And even though it's messy, I want to hide my life with the poor and the broken. I want to hide my life in forgiveness. And Purpose Church, our our other value statement that I want to quickly point out is that we are better together. We're better as a multi-ethnic group together. And as we continue to read the passage in Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, as the Apostle Paul in this section is kind of bringing us home, he says this, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members Uh, Since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Man, one of the things that I love about like setting my heart and setting my mind on things that are above is I always think about the peace that exists in heaven and that I can now experience that peace as God lives in me and God is already at work around me and he's moving in the lives of the beautiful people that I have the privilege to serve. I love that, that hiding my life in peace is something that I want to stay eternally committed to until I see my creator face to face. The last thing I want to share is that we are to hide our lives in service. If you look at verse 17 from Colossians chapter three, the word of the Lord says this, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the God, to God, the father through him. Everyone is designed to serve. We want to hide our lives in service and realize that every member is a minister here at Purpose Church. We should not be posted up, kicking it in the pews, taking in some dope sermon every week and getting fat in in our spiritual bodies and then saying, you know, saying peace and deuces and then go back to our home and nothing change. Everyone is designed to serve. We are to hide our lives in service. And whatever we do, whether it's word or deed, we do it unto the Lord. Purpose Church, we're right around the corner. Right around the corner is our Easter with a purpose. And I don't know if you know this, but as a church, we put together something called a community care event. We identify three of the highest need communities, the most densely populated neighborhoods in Pomona where my people live and stay and where I've committed a many years of my life to. And we've been going out every week, knocking on doors, meeting people, doing life with them, praying for them, seeing what kinds of things that they need and how we can help them. And as we get closer on March 27th, we're going to all go back out and we're going to hook them up fat with the things that people have been donating and contributing. And many of these things are some of the most basic things. And this is our way to practically love our community. And and it's our way to practically set our minds on things that are above because souls are in the balance. And the only way people are going to get to know Jesus is through relationship with people like you and me. So we invite you. It's not too late to get involved, to contribute to this effort, but not just give, but to consider giving of your time and, and actually doing life with people, getting to life on life discipleship. And that's when you hide your life with the poor and the broken. And when you go out and you start doing life with people in our community and beyond, that's when God begins to change you. And and beautiful transformation begins to happen. And you get to be reminded of how good God is and how miraculous he works. 
So we're, it's right around the corner. We want to encourage everybody to be here because at the end of this, we are going to be inviting them back to our Easter service. And the same faces that go out, we want those same faces to be here, welcoming them, loving on them and serving them. Let me close in prayer. Lord, I just thank you so much for all of the Purpose Church fam. I thank you so much for your word, God, which moves us, convicts us, challenges us. Father, we pray that this morning you remind us who we are in you. Father, I pray that you remind those who are watching and listening that your forgiveness is readily available and that you are changing hearts and changing mind and sanctifying your believers and that you are also setting us out on mission. And as we learn to hide our lives in you and to hide our lives in community and to hide our lives with the poor and the broken, Lord, I pray that you use us in a mighty way and that purpose church run another 150 years back and the next generation learns from the previous generation and we keep it pushing and we gain ground for the kingdom and we see young people old folk, older folk, the wise Lord, the new believer that we would all come together and see a multi-ethnic family realized here at Purpose Church. We commit all these things to you, Lord. We pray these things in faith. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you.